tell us about his life and where he's been. He's got a really interesting story, and we can't wait to hear that. Errol passes a church down in Birmingham, and uh, he's come up to be with us tonight. So that's going to be great. But something that's going to be a bit different is this. If you have a question for Errol, tonight you get the chance to text in and ask your question. So there's going to be an element to it where Errol's going to be talking to start off with. But if you think, you know, I want to ask Errol this, and uh, no holds barred, because... I'll vet the questions anyway. I'll, I'll vet the questions anyway. You know, don't ask him what pants he's wearing or anything like that. Uh, you, know, you know, that's probably a, a bit too far. Um, you can ask him that one afterwards. <laughs> no, but... Uh, <laughs> no, but it's going to be great. And uh, we're going to have the chance to ask him some, some questions. And Errol's going to be really open to, uh, to answer some of those. So, let's uh, welcome Errol. Yeah! Good evening, everybody. Yeah. Good evening. It's great to be here today and just able to share with you guys. Um, I came about two months ago now. I came down for a, a little thing down in the, uh, in the room down the bottom down there. and I'm just glad to be here, man. Yeah. Just come from Birmingham. Yeah. Um, and the weather's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and the drive was lovely. And um, my testimony, where do I start now? Um, so as, as Josh said, I'm a pastor in, in Birmingham. Um, we've, I'm an author, uh, I'm a leadership coach, um, we run a company called Emerge Leadership, where we go into schools, about 50 different schools in the last 12 months across Birmingham. We go and we do coaching, we do leadership development for students and teachers from all sorts of schools, from grammar schools all the way down to your sort, sort of your special educational needs centers. And um, we just love, love working with young people, love just reaching young people who others have felt that there's no hope for. And, um, and just bring in hope and transformation to them. Um, but my life hasn't always been this kind of way. I've not always been doing what I'm doing right now. When I was about 11 years old, my parents divorced. And I went completely off the rails. Um, I remember at about age 11, having a row with my mom, after just big row, we used to fight like cats and dogs. And uh, walking down this road called Carter Road in Great Bar and saying to myself, you know what, man? Forget it, man. I'm going to be bad now. I don't care anymore. That's it. Remember that yesterday? And I did just that. And about age 13, I started smoking weed. I started selling weed in school. And that was year 8 in school. And my dad, who I'd been close to growing up, I passed my 11 plus, by the way. Some smart kid, you know, get that one in. <laughs> um, but even though I passed my 11 plus, I, I, my mind was always just like not in school, you know. I'm, my dad had gone. My stability had gone. Why is dad gone? Is it my fault? Mom's here struggling now, like having three or four jobs to keep the house going. It's me and my sister, my younger brother who's, who's just born. And like, I just felt like, what's going on? Hmm. My dad, um, who I had been close to as a, as, a, as a younger child, made some choices after getting divorced. He kind of went off the rails a bit and ended up going to prison. Now, I'd known my dad as this guy who was like, you know, he, he worked for Jaguar Cars. He was this guy who was just this seems hardworking, committed kind of guy, you know, stable, it seemed to me as a kid. But then he kind of made these choices, and at age 13, I get a letter on a Saturday morning saying, stamped with HMP, I think it was Wormwood Scrubs, and it's my dad saying, son, I made some bad choices. I'm in prison. And I cried my eyes out. I, I, I was broken, like... I had this picture in my mind of a man behind bars and saying to myself, how can my dad be in jail? 
Like, I've heard my friend's dad's been in jail, but now my dad's in prison. Like, what? I cried and I cried and I just couldn't, couldn't believe it. That was the first time. I went to jail about six more times <laughs> during my teenage years. So literally all throughout my teens, my dad was in prison. And the first time I cried, the second time I was like, not again. By the fourth or fifth time, it actually, it actually became a little bit cool because my dad was, uh, you know, he's in jail. I had no big brothers. I had no big cousins to back me up. But I had this story of my dad being in prison. And so my friends were like, yo, your dad's in jail. Yo, my man's serious, man. He's heavy. You know, they gave me credibility. They gave me status. They gave me respect wow. because I had this story. And I jumped to the back, yeah, man, I'm on this, man. I'm serious, you know? And I just lived up to this kind of thing. And, and, and all the way through my teenage years, I was involved in gangs and drugs. And I knew nothing different. I saw nothing different. That's all I knew as a, as a way of living and getting through life was just to follow this path. And very quickly, my life was going downhill. At age 16, I came home at age 16 one day. Mum was at home, and I, you know we, we used to fight, man. We used to, I didn't get on well at all. She's like, son, I've had enough. That's it. Like you're bringing the police here too often. You're bringing girls in the house, drugs in the house, son. You have to move out now, find your own way, do your own thing. Kicked out of the house. 16. Now, I work in schools now, and I think of a year 11 or year 12 student being kicked out of the house, being homeless. I think, how on earth is that? fathomable that was my reality lived in a hostel for a while lived with family lived with friends I moved around about 16 times between the ages of like uh, sorry 12 times between the ages of 16 and 19 I was all over the place if you'd have known me then you'd be forgiven for thinking that you know what isn't it end up in jail man or end up dead or or end up in a mental institution man because that's the way my life was going and fast and um only by the grace of God am I standing here today, you know. There's nothing like a testimony, you know. Oh, man, I tell you. Like, just, you know, I, I, I can stand here knowing that God has brought me such a long way. Like, I, I go to schools and I share this story with kids in schools and they're, they're just like, wow, like, Errol, how did you do it? I tell them, I give them lessons that I've learned along the way, but the number one thing that changed my life is my faith. There's no, there's no two ways about it. Like, there's nothing... There's, there's, there's no, nothing else I can accredit to my life being what it is now, the peace I have now, the, the, the relationships I have now. My, my life has completely changed. And there's one day I was, in, I, was in, uh, I, was, I was at home. My sister called me, who's five years uh, younger than me. Monique, she's, a, she's a, a singer and songwriter and all sorts. Of, she said, bro, hey, I found a great church, man. You'll love it. Come and check it out. I'm like, church? Don't do Jesus. She's like, come on, you'll love it. No, just come and check it. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not interested. Don't you get it? Like, I don't do church. And I said, if Jesus is God, then, then and he's a man, if, and if he's God, then I can be God. I'm just a man. How can a man be God? And I began to reason all these things with that. Jesus, I don't get it. Forget it. There's a point in my life where I'd, I'd actually started a, a, my first business about age 19, and I was doing good things in the community. My life was kind of progressing in a, in a positive way, in a sense. But I was still struggling internally. Like I knew that I needed a guy, I needed help. I, my life was so much. I was still smoking, still partying, still girls, 
but trying to do the right thing and struggling between these two different kind of personalities. Like trying to do good over here and, and in the community, everyone going, everyone else is doing great things for young people and going home and like addicted. Going home and bound. Like going home and struggling. Not knowing how to manage my mind, my emotions, my feelings, my, my relationships falling apart. But publicly, how you doing everyone? You're right. Great. Fine. Great. Going home like, how do I how do I get my head around this? And I looked at Islam. I looked at Buddhism. I looked at Taoism. I looked at Confucius' sayings. You name the spiritual book, I read it in pursuit of trying to figure out who is God. I grew up in a home where we listened to reggae music. And so we heard many reggae singers speak of God. People like Bob Marley and... You know, we identify with a, a form of godliness, but not the real thing. <clears throat> so we knew that there was a creator, but didn't know him. <clears throat> so my, my sister was like, bro, I found a great church, you'll love it, come and check it out. She persisted that, but I went along. And I sat uh, at the back of this church, then called Aston Christian Centre. And it was packed out, it was at Aston University they met at the time. It was packed out, about 500 people I reckon. I sat at the back and I had my hat on and my hood on like, you know, root boy. The back of the church. <laughs> what is this? These people are crazy. They're jumping up and down. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was, I was, it was the first of what got me was the love. The welcome that I received. Like, men were trying to hug me. <laughs> Where I was from. Men don't hug. <laughs> I think, are you guys gay? <laughs> I've, I've been thinking that, like, this is not normal. Like, where I was from, it's like, you're right, yeah? Safe. Handshake at the most. Men are going, come here. <laughs> and um, but it melted my heart. It really melted my heart to see people sincerely reaching out to me and loving me. And I was like, wow, there's something different here. Something different. At the end of the service, Pastor Calvin, who was preaching at the time, he, he prayed a prayer called the Sinner's Prayer. You probably heard it, and he says, everyone bow your heads and close your eyes. And I, everyone did it, so I did it. <laughs> but I really meant it when I prayed his prayer. He says, you know, repeat after me, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner. Um, you know, I, I believe that you died on the cross and you rose again. I turn away from my way of doing things, I turn towards you. Come into my life. Make me whole. Help me to live for you as a child of God from this day forward. Amen. Amen. And at that time I prayed it, I meant it deep down. I did. And he, says, he said, if you prayed it, pray and you really meant it, raise your hand. I want to pray for you. My hand went down like a shot. Like, there's no way. There's no way I was going to the front of that huge church building. Hand went down. Didn't go forward. But I knew I'd prayed a prayer. I knew I'd, I knew I'd felt something that day. A few months later, my sister invited me back again for another event, I think it was. And she's like, bro, come on, have, come and check it out. I said, all right, I'll, I'll come and have a look now. I'm a bit more open to it. And I prayed that same prayer again. And had the same knee-jerk reaction again. I raised my hand. Come to the front, I want to pray with you, he says. I put my hand down again like a shot. There's no way I was doing that. But an usher saw me. And you know, in some churches, the ushers, like, their radar, when it's on, like, yeah. <laughs> They got you locked on, like, hand in, your, hand in your over there. 
she comes over to me, son, come on, let me pray for you. I'm like, I'm fine. I'm actually, I'm fine right here. Thank you. Come, come on, come on. And literally by my ear, like, it felt like, <laughs> dragged me to the front of the church. The longest walk of my life. I'm walking down this aisle. I get to the front of the aisle and there's about 15 people lined up there. And, and the pastor comes and he prays for us all one by one. And as he lays hands on us and he prays for us, prays for us I feel something like fire go through my body. I'm like, what was that? They said, it's the Holy Spirit. I said, what's this Holy Spirit? I need, I need the whole... You can understand that at that point in my life, I'd experienced all kinds of highs. I'd smoked drugs, smoked weed, you know. I'd, 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 I'd messed around in relationships. I knew what it meant to have an, a, a feeling of, uh, you know, a, a delight. But this superseded everything. I'm like, wow, what was that? But that down was, I was like, you know what? I need to get this Holy Spirit. I just want more of this Holy Spirit. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I fasted and I prayed. And I went through times in my life where I just kind of said, God, I'm shutting myself off. I'd go into my flat. And I was so hungry. I, and, and I wanted this, because I'd come from a background where you were serious about life. I wanted my Christian life to be just as real, just as serious. I said, Lord, if you're real, I want this scripture to come alive in my life. I want to see signs and wonders. I want to see miracles. I want to see what the apostles and the disciples did happen in my reality. And I'm going to do whatever it takes to see it. Do whatever it takes to get it in my life. And I go away and I fast and I pray and I read books by A.A. Allen and Catherine. Coleman and, and all these old greats of, 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 of Christendom and just absorb it and take it all in and, and we go out and we evangelize on the streets and we go out and we know to nightclubs and, and we preach the gospel and we, we go out and pray for the sick on the street. My life just completely changed. Completely changed. Completely changed. I found something that, you know the Bible talks about the man who found a jewel uh, in a, a treasure in the field and buys the whole field. It's literally like that feeling. When you give your life to Christ, man, it's literally like, you f- I was like, man, I look at kids and go, who are in church going, I'm jealous of you. Uh, you've grown up in the house of God. You've had this experience of the presence of God from this age. Like, you've had the chance to worship God from such a young age. I'm jealous of you. I'm like, God, like, I've just fi- found this now. And my life has never been the same since I've, I've had the chance to, to preach the gospel and see my dad come to the altar. That was in Jamaica a few years ago when I went out there. I've had a chance to see my mom get saved and even baptize my mom, myself. And all my family members came to the baptism. I preached the service that day, went and got changed, came back into dunked my mom in the water. And all my family were there, nan, uncles, who had only known me as one kind of person. And see me now as a transformed person. It's amazing that God can change whole families, man. My sister, my brother are all saved. And God is using them. And it's just amazing what God can do. Amazing what God can do. Amazing what God can do, man. That's That's great. I I don't think there's anything better than a testimony like that. Where you can see it. And that's going to be such... It's such a joy, really, for you guys to be able to text in and ask a few questions about Errol's story now. So there's going to be a number up on the screen in just a second while the guys just uh, leads in another song. <laughs> what fortune lies beyond the stars 
Those desert highs too vast to climb. I got too high to fall so far, but I found heaven as love swept low. My heart beating, my soul breathing. I found my life when I laid it down. Upward falling, spirit soaring. I touched the sky when my knees hit the ground. So uh, we've got a few questions here for you. I can't say they're easy questions, uh, but I think you're the man for the job. So first of all, what advice would you have for parents who have children who, are get, who they see getting wrapped up in gang culture? Or maybe just hanging around with the wrong crowd? I always say to, to, um, to parents that there's a, and to teachers the same, there's always a reason. There's always a why. And taking the time to listen and to get to the why is going to really get some clarity and build relationship with that young person. 
so many times we go into schools and, and like teachers just haven't got the time. It's like, we've got a thousand other kids to deal with. Like his behavior is bad. You're kicking him out. And that's it, you know. And sometimes parents who live with their kid and they're, they're just tired and fed up, it feels the same way. But there's always a reason. That child is made in the image of God with the fullest of potential, ability, and capability. And we've got to just, it's really challenging. Don't get me wrong. It's really hard. But it's, if we can just spend some time, get some help if need be to understand why and work from that foundation, knowing that that kid's got the absolute like ability and capacity to turn his life around or her life around that's great so i'm going to ask a question yeah yeah how would you you know we've got parents in this room who like i say probably going through that situation yeah how would you say um practically to get to the why yeah so and and i'm saying everything i'm saying now i know is not straightforward to do but i know works at the same time we've got to be able to see young people where they are or where they can where they can be rather than where they are now so we've got to see them through the eyes of christ if you like we've got to see their potential see the, the just the purpose and the possibilities that there are for them and speak to them from that place consistently speak to them from that place as hard as it gets showering them with praise showering them with love showering them with affirmation showering them with just building them up with our words as bad as it might be as hard as it might be because all that i believe is going on is a cry on the inside of them for someone to love them and to appreciate and value them and everyone around them is giving them the opposite but i believe and and i've seen it happen that if we just affirm praise bless put speak life over encourage consistently you know what's gonna happen we're gonna mount them we're gonna mount their heart they're gonna start to believe for themselves and before you know it their values change they start to begin to turn so i don't know if i answered your question about the why but but you know that's great that's great okay what would you say to someone who has been going to church for a while but hasn't yet fully committed to god Why not? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what are you waiting for now? You know, um, that person knows why. Um, there's something that you are maybe holding on to, something that you're not sure about. Maybe it's a fear of the unknown. Maybe it's, maybe it's just, when I got baptized, I cried, man. I, I remember going that day and I sat by the side of the pool waiting for my turn. I was crying because I knew that I was severing a tie. I knew that it was, my old life was gone. I knew that I was not going to be the same again. I knew that I was literally making a new contract with the Lord that was for life. And it wasn't something I played with. And maybe they're that kind of person. They know that when they make that choice, they're not going to play with it. They're not going to mess around with it. They're going all the way. I want to say to them, go for it, man. Yeah. It's the best thing you can do. Mate, it's the best thing you can do, man. That's great. Mm-hmm. This is a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you're a Christian, mm-hmm. what do you find challenging about Christian life, about living the Christian life? Mm-hmm. What do I find challenging about living the Christian life? Everything. <laughs> wow. Um, wow. What do I find challenging about living the Christian life? I think the Christian life is great, to be honest. Yeah, me too. I think it's brilliant. I think it's the best thing to be able to, you know. Um, 
Challenging can sometimes be, wow, what's challenging about Christian life? I think this person's probably speaking about maybe pulls of the world yeah. and, and living those challenges, those yeah. day-to-day challenges. Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's temptation everywhere, right? You know, and we will all be tempted in different areas and different ways. Um, so I became a Christian and I'm just, I'm getting married in about five weeks time, right? Wow. Awesome. But I come from a background, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yeah. Um, I come from a background where I had, um, I'd, I had lots of relationships with women. And so I came into Christ now um, with having no reference points of how a man should relate to a woman properly, how relationships were supposed to be done, how, you know, you were to, you know, get married and settle down. I hadn't seen it happen. And so it had to be modeled for me. So I struggled for years. Even as a Christian, I, I brought some of that old mindset with me now into Christianity, my Christian walk. And it was, it's been a battle for many, many years. It was like, I don't understand. I don't get it. And I'm dealing with my own demons, if you like, yeah. uh, my own fears, my own fears yeah. of commitment, my own fears of intimacy, my own fears of just settling down. Like, does marriage, is marriage good? Like, I'd hear it's good from the altar. I didn't really believe it was. Yeah deep down and so um that was a relationships were a massive struggle for me for a long time that's great mate Mm. this is a a really great question and the the person who's taxed this is called Lear and she's age 13 which i think is quite cool um are you happy with your life choices with god i'm happy with my life choices with god in all honesty there are some choices that um i've made by faith (laughs) and you know, I think this is part of the journey. Like, we pray and we believe God. We have faith and we walk down a certain pathway by faith, believing and hoping that God, if I've gone the wrong way, Lord, if I've made a mad choice here, I trust that you'll direct me and you'll divert me. Um, so I'm happy I've done that. Um, other choices necessarily right in the future, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm living by faith, you know. Yeah. So I'm glad that I'm living by faith. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm just trusting God in so many areas of my life, and and, and that's, you know, we, we God is like God is in it, and so it's just trusting God in that relationship with Him. That if I've got it wrong, yeah. then He'll let me know, yeah. and He'll shepherd me back onto the right path, yeah, and I'll great. go again, yeah. and that's His grace, yeah. and, and He loves us like that. Yeah, so true. <laughs> that's brilliant. I, you know. I've had conversations with people because obviously this is something that people get hung up on. You know, what is God's plan for my life? Yeah. Because sometimes it can seem like it's this tightrope where I think it's more like an open field yeah. where, you know what, if my heart's for God, my, I want to follow God, mm. he's going to lead me. Absolutely. He's going to take me down that path. And um, that's a great answer, mate. Mm. Um, someone here, just as a, I guess, a bit of a, a, bit of a break from some of the, the heavier questions, I'd like to know a bit more about your work in schools. Okay. So um, we started Emerge Leadership about four or five years ago. Yeah. Um, there's a school right across the road from my church that I used to go and do lunchtime clubs and do um, kind of assemblies and stuff like that. One day they asked me, Errol, can you come and do a workshop for, on leadership for our year eights? Never done it before in a school context. I said, of course I can. No problem at all. Yeah. Went in and um, made it up and then did it. They loved it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I did it again. <laughs> And um, they were like, Errol, this is brilliant. We'll pay you for this. Oh, I'm nice. like, pay me? Like, yeah, it's, awesome. <laughs> okay. 
And um, I had another friend of mine in church. She was a cluster coordinator for some schools in another part of Birmingham. Told her what I was doing. She's like, hey, that's great. Come and do a pitch to our cluster. Yeah. Sure. So I put a little video together and just played it for them. And they were like, this is great. Had five more schools. The following year, had another cluster of schools. Had another ten more schools. And then it just grew, referral recommendation. It just developed. And um, so I, I, do, I do motivational talks. I do... Um, so I'm working a lot with year 10 boys at the moment. It's a big issue. Uh, year 10 boys, age 15, they're predicted, the results are like 40% down across the country, I think, wow. boys, um, between boys and girls. Wow. Um, so like year 10 boys especially like are a big issue. Wow. Um, so I go and I do workshops with them, um, extended workshops over like eight weeks usually. I, I do things like goal setting. I do things like... Um, um, leadership development, team working skills, and look at attitude and mindset, growth mindset, and just challenge them really to see themselves bigger and to motivate them to succeed, you know? That's brilliant. Yeah. That's great. Mm. That's brilliant. Okay, we've got one here. Um, how does it feel to overcome the addiction and become a Christian? Are you proud of yourself? And where do you think you would be without the power of God? To overcome my addiction, um, so smoking and all that stuff um, feels great, of course. Um, it's massive. Yeah. Um, without the power of God in my life, me personally, I don't think I'd be half the person. Um, I say that because like, having God in my life has given me hope. Yeah. It's given me vision. Yeah. It's given me purpose. Yeah. It's given me, you know, it's just opened my life up to so much possibility. Yeah. Like I've broken cycles. Like no one in my family's ever written a book before, for example. Amazing. Yeah, no one's Amazing. ever said things that were unthought of in my whole family. Kind of is just, and just God has just gone. Look, anything's possible. Amazing. You can be whatever you know. What I mean, a place in your heart to be. Amazing. Limits are broken. Yeah. Chains are broken. Yeah. Just go for your dreams. Yeah. Believe. Amazing. I'm with you. I'm for you. No matter how hard it gets, I'm there in your corner. You know and. Yeah. So having God on my side is, is, is everything, man. It's like, I, I don't think I've started yet, to be honest with you. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. <laughs> I, I think I know the answer to this one, but I'm going to let you give it. Did you experience any shift in your life or thinking after asking Jesus into your life the first time you prayed the sinner's prayer when you didn't go to the front? Um, don't know. Actually, I, I, most likely something happened, but I, I know that at that time I didn't feel part of the church. I was visiting and I didn't feel like I was connected to something at the time. So I, I thought, interesting. I hadn't read the Bible really at that point, so I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, but I knew that. Jesus, I, I believed at that point, I think, that Jesus, I understood why Jesus died. Yeah. And I knew that I needed a savior. Yeah. That's what I knew. Mm. I knew that I needed a savior mm. and that he was that. Yeah. Whether I had, I had received him at that point or not, but I knew that he was the savior yeah. to save us yeah. from our sins. Yeah. I got that bit. Yeah. Well, that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I hadn't owned it. Yeah. But when I got it, it's like, ah, oh, penny drops. Yeah. Yeah, 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 it's funny, isn't it? How um, you know you might know why Jesus came, but you just have to take that step of faith and that step either to put your hand up or to walk to the front of a church and 
something happens in you, doesn't it? Do you know what I mean? When you do that and you, you own that in front of other people. Great. <laughs> Someone says, uh, does he listen, still listen to reggae or is he healed? <laughs> <laughs> Do I start to reggae? Um, not, 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 not much to be honest with you. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, a little save from reggae. <laughs> Good. You don't need to answer that one. Uh, do you think life would be different if you had not gone to church that day? Yeah. Quite possibly. Well, who knows, eh? Who knows? Did God have another way of getting me back because he had his hand on my life? He had a plan for me? Maybe he would have steered me around in some other way and direction. Um, but, you know, doors open, like opportunities come, and, yeah. like, tonight's an opportunity, yes. you know? Someone's here tonight, and it's an opportunity, and just, you never know, do you? Yeah. You never know. No. Mm. I, I'm going to ask my own question. Yeah, yeah. Um, what would you say to someone, because I... Are probably in a group this big, there's mm. probably someone in here who mm. feels like they're living that double life that you spoke about, mm. where people probably think they've got it all together and mm. they're doing good and they're living a good mm. Christian life, but there's this other side, and this maybe darker side, that they mm. just can't shake and they can't get mm. rid of. What would you say to those people? Mm. I know how it feels. Mm. I know how it feels to, to have certain parts of your life together, so to speak, but quietly and privately being in, in despair, being in conflict with yourself because you know that who you are there is not in line with who you are there and, and there's this dissonance, a constant like struggle between the two and you want to be the best thing but you haven't yet crossed that line. I know how it feels, man. And try Jesus. If you're feeling that way, like try Jesus, like try Try Jesus, try surrendering yourself to his yeah. purpose, his right. plan, and just try him. Yeah. Just try him. Like It's amazing how he, he, in time, and it won't be overnight, it won't just happen, literally, and for some it does, but literally allowing him to, to, to journey with you. Yeah. Like, I've been a Christian 10 years, and like, some of my biggest breakthroughs have happened in the last couple of years in my Christian walk. You know what I mean? Uh, it's a, it is a journey. It's a walk. I know guys have been in Christ for like 25, 30 years will tell you that they've had breakthroughs in the last few years of their lives. And, and they, they're, they're depth in Christ. They're depth in the word. It's just, you know what I mean? Because they've walked in a relationship with someone for a very long time. So I say to that person, just, hey, begin that relationship. Begin the journey. Trust him. And the community around you here to walk you along that journey to full strength, to full maturity, to full growth, to full healing, to full deliverance, to full peace, full restoration. It's available, man. It's available to you. Love that. Love that. Finally, there are more questions, so I apologize if I've not um, read your question out, but thank you so much for texting him. Finally, what are your hopes now for the future? And what dreams are in your heart? Wow. So, yeah, that's number one. Get married. Get married, have a family. Yep. Um, do that side of things. But I, I really want to give everything I've got, you know. I want to get to the end of my life 
and just be like, you know what, I gave everything for the Lord. Um, so I'm, I'm determined to, to, to expand the work I'm doing in schools. Um, I've got another book coming out soon um, called Teenpreneur. Um, how to build a business in your teen, just empowering young people to, you know, to grab a hold of their their futures, you know, and just to make better choices, you know. And, um, I'm I'm gonna expand on that work in schools. I'm gonna expand and work abroad in in Africa as well. Do work in Africa. Um, we're gonna grow a great church in Birmingham. Yeah. We're gonna build something in Birmingham that's gonna shift the city. That's going to change the city. It's going to bring people together from different parts of the city. We're going to see leaders rise up, young people rise up and begin to own their city for the glory of God. You know, we're going to, man, my dreams are so big. I want to change the world, man. I want to change the world. I want to give everything I've got, man, for the glory of God. I'm, you know, connected to great people who are doing it now already, you know. Just saying, show me how. <laughs> show me how. How did you do that? I'm like Christian. I'm like, how did you do that? You'll tell, yeah. Like, I'm just, like, I'm like, ask questions, man. How did you do that? How did you do that? Because this, this, when, when you find something like, and you know that you've got a God on your side who said that you can do anything, He'll make a way for you. He'll never leave or forsake you. He'll give you the wisdom, the understanding. He'll connect you with the people, the resources. If you're just willing to to trust Him. Go after him. Yeah. Study his word. Yeah. He'll speak to you. He'll yeah. give, you know what I'm saying? So I'm like, God, you're limitless, man. Yeah. Like, you are limitless in what you can do. Use me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm just saying I'm available. And his, his ability and my availability, I guess, is just, I'm like, the sky's the limit, man. That's, that's, that's my heart. Like, yeah. I, I just feel like anything's possible. Great. You Great. know? Let's give Errol a massive round of applause. Yeah. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Thank you. Brilliant. I, uh, I don't know about you, but I thoroughly enjoyed that. And um, thank you for buying into the ethos of the night. And I just think it's been great. And um, I just want to say, if you're in here tonight and you want to try this Jesus out, you've heard about him tonight, you've, you've heard Errol talk about his story, about God changing his life, about how this Jesus changed him, we'd love to talk to you. I'm sure Errol will be open to have a chat with you or come and speak to one of us guys, speak to the person you came with. And we'd love to talk to you about this Jesus and how he can help you. Now, with the, the announcements are going to be on the screen tonight. The offering's going to come round and the guys are going to give us a final song. place replacing fear with your freedom you lift me up you lift me up when all seems lost in my brokenness i call your name and you
darkest hour, your love is strong in my weakness. Held by your love, held by your love. So you won't let go, and I will follow. All I am yours now and forever. You won't let go, so I will follow with all I am. In the night, through the struggle. So you won't let go, and I.